It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply, other restrictions may apply. You're listening to Beyond the Letter with Pastor Adam and Caleb Mesa. That Daniel episode went hard from this past weekend. Yeah, Daniel was Johnson. Yeah, that one was it was fun. great. Did you listen to that one yet, Aaron? Yeah, oh, I you, was listening to you it. You snatched yeah. onto that mm-hmm. one. I that loved one it. Was fun. People are saying they want a part part dose. Yeah, on the par- <laughs> part dose. We could do it for part two if you commit to worship in soprano again. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll do my songs in soprano. <laughs> in this <laughs> You always do that one song. <laughs> you like first <laughs> That's it. And you know that by the Oh, Jesus, help us. Yeah, that was a fun one. Okay, well, here we are, though. Uh, jumping on episode tw- 22, I think it is. Episode 22. Can mm. you believe that, Caleb? 22 weeks uh, in. Been, yep. 22 weeks. 22 weeks? Because we've not missed an episode uh, yet. What would that be? About 35 hours of content? Probably plus. We averaged, two than, hours. Yeah. Well, we averaged two hours. Uh, we averaged two hours of episode. Almost. Not average, but it's about yeah. about 40 so hours. Yep. We have probably yeah. 40 hours of content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Amazing. So uh, what is it? How many hours do they do in uh, in school per credit hour? It's like something like that. Basically, you got an AA right now. If you listen to, <laughs> oh, yeah, if you listen to every every episode AA and of podcast. podcast. <laughs> so buy my course on how to start how to a podcast. podcast. <laughs> At least 40 hours worth of content. Yeah, we can, I, we can, I can show teach you. you. Email me. <laughs> <laughs> What's been you guys' favorite conversation so far? What stands out? Ooh. Wow. Um, I have to say, I, it's got to be Lana. I mean, I mm. think that was the most eye-opening yeah. and, you know, just... That was like our third episode. Uh, our third I, I learned, episode. learned a lot. I like Pastor Nathan's episode. The most. Did you? Yes. Not the most, oh. but it was like my top three. And seeing how people mm. responded to it online was pretty interesting. So I liked what came, the conversation that came after that podcast. Yeah, those are fun. Like, yeah. to see how how people think and how people agree, how they disagree. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are probably some of my favorite episodes. The one that, the ones that kind of maybe cause people to think, think the most and stuff like that. So I think that one got probably the most <coughs> views, um, in our church than the one with Nathan. Yeah. Which is interesting. Cause it was just about real life 
um, struggles, real life issues, weight loss. What, yeah. what else will we talk about? I think our least engaged um, one is the like apologetics one we did. <laughs> I know. I mean, that, which well, is that, like that, what we just, geek out that, over. That's just you know? proof like we're in the right vein of things that we're doing something that people are interested in. Because if it was just you know a Bible podcast, we'd probably get three hundred views every every time. You know. Yeah, yeah, and I think, uh, and for us, like that's what we have the most fun in is is Bible nerds yeah. and talking about all this stuff. But I mean, the amount of people who come up to me and just talk about the real life aspects of like, hey, I'm just trying to be a better father, a better mm-hmm. wife, a better yeah. husband, and the podcast is helping me, you know, massage that stuff out and think that stuff through, but also think about how my faith has to deal with it, and you know, and um, so. Yeah, that stuff has been uh, has been pretty pretty cool to us. We we kind of, I guess I said in my head like I'm not gonna really sit back and um, and and reflect until we probably get over a hundred to 150 episodes in. Okay. That's where mm-hmm. I collect. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. that's uh, that's at that point that is over two years. So mm-hmm. that's what mm-hmm. we you know we committed in this podcast mm-hmm. that it's a long game. So yeah. I think anywhere between in a year and a half to two years in is where I'll go, okay, what was what was good and what was not, you know? Because a lot of people like to change things right away. We have a very impatient generation, a very generation that the moment they don't get what they wanted or see, it's like they give up. Uh, they walk away mm-hmm. and they quit and they pause. So to me, sometimes if you really believe in something, you have to tell yourself right on the front end, this is how long I'm in it for. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, I mean... In my marriage, I said, I'm in it till the grave. Yeah. That's the, com- yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, some mm-hmm. people don't make that commitment, right? Yeah. So it's like, we'll yeah. see how it goes. But yeah. it's like, to me, I'm like, I'm in the, in the grave. That's how long yeah. I'm married to Ashley for, right? And so in this podcast, I was like, minimum year and a half, two years. Yeah. Is how long I'm going to just rock with it and not look at nothing. Not look at numbers, analytics. Yeah. I mean, obviously we see it when we, when we see it and we can yeah. see that it's doing very well. But overall, like in terms of like actually like refl- okay, what's doing good, what's not, what should we hit on, what shouldn't? I just think that on the front end though, we were like, oh, we're gonna do a apologetics episode and and mm-hmm. scratch that niche, and you could see for for yeah. for a lot of people, they're like, oh, because it's saturated. There's a ton of great yeah, for sure. Bible content, Christian content, um, end times content. There's good stuff out there, and do we address some of that stuff? Sometimes, yeah. But I think what people are really looking for today is. How do I live my life as a Christian um, Monday through Friday? Yeah, yeah and and I, you know we've been averaging around seven to one thousand, um, and to me that says well, that's just on YouTube. Yeah, I'm a YouTube right. guy, so that's yeah. all I pay attention to. <laughs> we still got so far, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, everything like yeah, that. As yeah, as far as YouTube, I've, I can kind of I've come to the uh, maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. Um, it, that's probably, and we're averaging the same amount. So that means we have faithful listeners, Mm -hmm. um, every week. And I think that most of those listeners are from our congregation. And what I've noticed is that if nothing else, if this never breaks the bounds of our, um, sphere, our sphere of, of church and our, 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 our abundant living family church, it's a, it's been an incredible, uh, pastoral supplement. Uh, to the congregation as far as, you know, them coming up to you, asking questions that they wouldn't otherwise ask, even opening up conversations in their own household between husbands and wives, children and parents, you know, and the fact that, you know, we do want to cast a broad net, leave no stones unturned. So 
the people that are into apologetics, people in the Bible, we have that. We have a, a few episodes. We have episodes of that. People within mm-hmm. marriage, we have episodes of that. Real life issues, um, you know, and all of that. And so we we're kind of doing what we wanted to do and set out to do. We got a broad range and of and with social media too. I mean, yeah. um, we had a video hit like fourteen thousand views for a reel, and thirteen thousand of that was non followers. So it's people that are. You know, not even following the podcast yep. or anything. So there's a reach within the congregation outside of it. So that's awesome. I had a family come up to me on Sunday, and, and they had invited their cousin. I think it was a cousin. It was her first time there. I said, have we ever met? She said, no, I, this is my first time here, but I feel like I know you because I listened to the podcast before I came to church. Mm-hmm. And I was like, she was listening to this before she ever stepped foot into church, mm. which is yeah. how broad yeah. Yeah, that is. To me, that's probably been my biggest uh, what I think takeaway so far is the biggest win is I, I have, there are people who tell me that their friends um, call Pastor Adam, Pastor Adam, because they listen to the podcast mm-hmm. and yet they have not physically been, been in a church mm-hmm. their whole life. Yeah. They don't go to church. Mm-hmm. They don't believe in going to church. They don't believe in, in, in uh, anything like that. They don't mm-hmm. read their Bible. They never... But because we're talking about life and talking about convictions of faith, they relate to that. Yeah. Uh, and then now it begins to plant a seed of saying, well, maybe I, maybe I will go and explore going to church. Yep. Maybe I will visit mm-hmm. a church. Maybe I will open up my Bible. Maybe I will uh, have a deeper engagement with mm-hmm. this Jesus that they talk about so often that changed their life. You know, mm-hmm. I hear that so much. Like there are people who always DM me or people in our church that text me that go, hey, my sister and, you know, so-and-so, like I recently just saw a, a data point for our podcast that we have a lot of people listening to us in Seattle. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know why, but <laughs> it's like, there's a lot of people in Seattle listening to us. So, so you just see stuff like that, uh, that goes, man, that's crazy. You know, people, yeah. there are people who are, um, really like that life aspect. Um, and then it engages them deeper. And for someone sent me, um, uh, a picture of two books that they're reading and they said I would have never been excited about digging deeper in my Bible if I didn't see how you guys light up uh, mm-hmm. when you talk mm-hmm. about yeah. uh, deeper things in the Bible you yeah. talk about and they, and they, like one the two books they had was one was like an apologetics book and one was like how to read your Bible in a deeper way and they were like I've, I've been in church forever and I've never had the yeah. passion to go deeper yeah. um, which has always been our, our goal is like we don't want to mm-hmm. give too much of our opinion black and white on stuff is because we want people to have a hunger and thirst to go and read for themselves themselves, and then as they're reading they can message me and then i'll tell them more where i land at but i really want them to engage on their i don't want them to just be like well that's where i'm at yeah yeah, pastor adam says it uh, Mm -hmm. that's where i'm at on it you know Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. that's the last thing i would want for for anyone to walk away with so as people engage that's when i go on instagram and i go start responding and like no i wouldn't listen to that guy or <laughs> and they're like oh okay you know yeah, like, yeah, yeah. as they're engaging with it more you know so that's yeah. pretty cool and it's so exciting to like connect to the listeners because i had i think i sent it to you guys i had someone message me and was like and it and they found the inner flourishing page through the podcast so and they were like they were just inspired I, pastor adam you were talking about it about the career and and how having a mentor and stuff so she was just like i was very inspired by that i have my own business and so it's really, really fun to connect to everybody listening. And she challenged you to go on that Disneyland trip. Oh, my trip, God. Huh? I knew you were going to bring it up. I knew you were going to bring it up. I know. She said, hey, did, have you gone? Like you said, you were on the podcast. It was very kind. It wasn't like anything like mean, but I was like, 
Yeah. Have a oh, confession. Don't I don't let not. her think that you're a big fat phony. <laughs> oh <laughs> my gosh. Last thing you don't. Okay, Call I be, be a doer. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I will. I will just go to Disneyland this year once. Yeah. No, that that's not what the podcast was about. Podcast wasn't you visiting Disney oh once. It's about a, doing a, a business uh, day at, at Disney. Disney with a, a VIP yeah, tour but you guide. You said it costs like an arm and a leg. But I think you could get fifteen or sixteen people per that VIP thing. So if you spread if you spread the cost out amongst, if you can get fifteen, sixteen girls or guys, is it ten? I don't think it's ten, Jeremiah. I think it's more than ten. Ten grand. No, no, no. Oh, for the VIP. I, like, what? I think you get more than 10. Really? Yeah, I, I think so. I saw it on the website. It was 10. It's 10? Yeah. I, okay. I could be wrong, but I thought I recently saw a TikTok. Six hours. Yeah, there is a minimum of time. But yeah, so either 10 people or whatever, if you split it amongst 10 friends, or not friends, just other business people, people who want to get business uh, mm-hmm. inspiration from Disney, that's where it is. All right, cool. All right, Caleb, what are we rocking with today? Man, we got uh, we got some good stuff in mind. I, I, there are several clips going around of athletes and actors who are becoming more outspoken uh, for their faith in Christ. So I wanted us to see some videos about that, be inspired, and just talk about it and um, ha- have the discussion be about how what does being a witness in the world look like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's uh, open up our first clip. Gotcha. Okay, uh, so I don't I don't know too much about sports. Period. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few things about like boxers and stuff. So I don't know if you want to set up the the John Jones clip better than I ever could. I Got it. No, oh, okay. Okay. No, okay. Uh, so I know this one. I've seen this one. This is okay. So recently, John Jones just won uh, his UFC title. He had taken off. I think maybe three years. Four. Three years for whatever personal life stuff, Jeremiah. He was uh, busted for drug use. Lots of drug use in his okay. system after winning. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Was it steroid based or it was like steroids and cocaine? Got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got <laughs> it. Wow. So he took three years off, but uh, Dana White has kind of uh, um, historically been known from another viral clip where uh, Dana White's the owner and president of UFC, and so uh, so basically he one time a fighter won. He gave he gave glory to Christ. Dana was really mad about it. He went to a post-fight interview, and Dana, the owner of UFC, said, hey, keep that Jesus stuff to yourself. It's a personal thing. We're going to see in the clip. And, uh, you know, he said, fighters need to talk about fighting. That's it, uh, post the fight. A lot of people got bothered by that. This is uh, your fighter. You win. You can say whatever you want. You know, Um, it's your time to shine. You earn that right. And Dana basically uh-huh. never bothered by anything anyone has ever said, whether it be getting drunk, women, whatever, whatever, and this one thing. Yeah. And so that happened years ago. But now John Jones, who's come out of that, uh, what I believe is sober now, reengaged his relationship with Christ because his father uh, is a pastor. He's, mind you, he is said to be the baddest fighter in the world, uh, just an absolute beast of, a, of an athlete when it comes to fighting. And uh, so this viral has re-gotten viral again because the one guy you're not going to tell to be quiet is John Jones. Yeah. <laughs> so Dana told the other fighter years ago, like, hey, keep your stuff to yourself. And a lot of people listened out of fear. They didn't want to get kicked out of the UFC. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, But John Jones, he hollers back uh, just this past weekend uh, over this fight. So that's the Let's clip go. we're going to watch real quick. Just won the biggest fight of your career, you know? Um 
America doesn't want to hear your thoughts on Jesus. It's awesome that you love Jesus. Love Jesus all you want. Just don't have to do it publicly. You know, first and foremost, you know what's coming. I gotta give thanks to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Without him, I would have never made it this far. And I tell you what, for all you prayer warriors out there, I felt you so strongly all week. And I just want to thank each and every one of you who prayed for me. Hmm. Chelsea, what's your jam? I, I saw just, you do an Instagram post on that. Or no, I, you didn't. I just am livid that because he was speaking on behalf of America. America doesn't want to hear it. Chelsea Baham does want to hear it. <laughs> Chelsea Baham does want to hear it. Are you an American? Yes. Okay. A proud American. Uh, a proud American. <laughs> but here's my thing. We have people who win awards at BET Awards and Grammys and all those things. And never once have we sat and said, you can't thank your producer. You can't thank your family. You can't thank your husband. The moment Jesus Christ is mentioned, now all of a sudden we have an issue with it. That blows my mind. How is me thanking Jesus publicly affect you in any kind of way? We could say whatever we want to say. So that's what bothers me. And the fact that people got, and I get, you know, he's the owner, and the fact that people got scared and kind of stepped away from it, it, it bothers me. But I'm an athlete, so I'm a little bit more, I get, I'm like sweating through my jacket right now, and it could just be the lights. But... I'm an athlete, and I remember a moment when I was at a high school locally, and anytime a family member was sick or somebody passed, like the coach would ask me to pray. So my team knew that I was a believer. I never mm -hmm. hit it. I never shoved it down their face, but I never hit it. Anytime adversity hit, they're like, Chelsea, pray for the team. And I I'll never forget this. I was in a room, and the team was just like, we were not gelling. And one girl goes off on me, and she says, like, you're a Bible basher, blah, blah, blah. just pops off. Hate Jesus. We don't want to hear his name. All of these things. Ten years later, who's reaching out to me because they have issues? This girl. So I just mm -hmm. get, I wow. see the fruit of when people publicly proclaim mm -hmm. the name Jesus. Mm -hmm. Because right now, people don't want it. But I see in the future... They're going to be calling him saying, I need that Jesus that you want. So I'm just like, let him let him thank whoever he wants to thank. <laughs> but yeah. I, yeah. That's and, where I'm at. And this was a few years ago, Dana White's statement and John Jones. This was this week. His state. I think I think um, Dana's become more softened to this because there's become more uh, religious athletes in the UFC who have think they're whether it's uh, Khabib who's a devout Muslim, yeah. um, and then there there have been a handful of others since he made this statement that have publicly confessed Christ, and so you're just seeing it's almost a, a revival amongst athletes mm. right now and celebrities, I, yeah, and, and, celebrities. And, I, yep. and so because I've been hearing it more and more, and so I think um, like him and Joe Rogan, uh, Joe Rogan used to be. Uh, very anti-religion, very anti-Christianity. Nasty. Nasty. I used to stop, yeah. you know, you know I, I've been listening to podcasts for over 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, even because it was really only during COVID he made a, a change. So this is now only three years right. ago. Four years ago, right. I, I unsubscribed from his stuff mm -hmm. just because I couldn't stand mm -hmm. his hate of people of faith, yeah. of, of religion, Joe's. And it was just like... Where do you think that comes? Where do you guys think that comes from? Because when I when I hear other religions being mentioned, it doesn't seem like it gets the hate in the way that ours I, I does. I think part of I think part of potentially in America, I think the part 
of the way that um, Islam doesn't get much hate is because, number one, I don't think you're allowed to, given since the hate that came from 9-11. So everyone's mm-hmm. almost trying to, um, you know, give, yeah, yeah. It's, it, you know, we messed up. We went too hard on it. Mm-hmm. And then also of, of just a real form of ignorance. Like yeah. they don't yeah. know what Islam is. They don't know what, what they believe. They don't know what it's about. And fear, and, fear um, too. Yeah. Because, it, yeah, because, they, you know, they've... The been... backlash or, or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, so Christianity, at least in America, to me, seems to be just everyone has somewhat well, of an what understanding. What I meant by that is, is fear in the sense of like, like if you speak against, if you blaspheme the name of Muhammad in a, in a Muslim country or in a Muslim area, chances are oh, you're, sure. you're going you, yeah, yeah, you know, sure. to yeah, be killed, persecuted, yeah, yeah. put to death. Whereas you blaspheme Christ... Uh, you're not going to get that same result. This was this was why Andrew Tate converted to Islam over Christianity. This was his logic: mm-hmm. was well, Christians just let let, let people uh, blaspheme walk Jesus all, all day, mm-hmm. walk all over, and don't do anything about mm-hmm. it. And Islam is a is a religion that uh, of justice, and and you know they put you in line when you speak yeah, against yeah, yeah. their leader. Obviously, he doesn't understand the Christian message, yeah, because because we're not we're commanded, you mm-hmm. know, to to not respond in that Turn way. Turn the other cheek, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but so there's that fear because the way it, it, many sects of Islam operates, you know, it, you you can't yeah you for can't sure blaspheme for without sure some physical yeah. I was, oh, go ahead. I, I would say to answer your question, I think people um, get triggered by self-proclaiming Christians more than they do with Christianity or Jesus. So I, I think we live in a nation where you could just self-proclaim that you're a Christian, and as we're out in the world and having relationships. Some people get treated poorly by somebody who proclaims to be a Christian. That person never gets healed from that hurt, and they blame Christ for that. Yeah. And now anybody yeah. that proclaims to be a Christian or names the name Jesus, it may be triggering their pain from a relationship experience. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's not Jesus' fault. That's the fault of that person that may or may not have been a Christian. Right. Or you can be a Christian like this person who three years ago was in a different situation. Right. So, so you so you leave the sport because um, because of drugs. Mm-hmm. I am so inspired to see somebody not only come back, mm-hmm. but be at the top of his game. But then when he comes to the top of his game, how humble do you have to be to like I'm back? Y'all try to hate on me? Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. I want to first give honor yeah, to Jesus absolutely. Christ, and I yeah. want to thank my community for praying. I see a changed man's life, but in order for me to appreciate that. I got to deal with Christians that have done me wrong Mm -hmm. to be able to celebrate someone that has bounced back. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is encountering the the reason we judge is because we we lack understanding. Mm -hmm. And um, and 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 I think with Joe Rogan, he he's gained more understanding by interviewing authentic, genuine Christians on the podcast since. Uh, be, since 2020, you know he's yeah, interviewed he Matthew he McConaughey. Yeah. He's interviewed uh, the uh, CEO Kanye. Of he's interviewed you know other yeah. y- you know, and so that's that's given him a, a healthier uh, uh, understanding. And I think and he's he's empathized. He's empathized with the basis of their values. So he had enough yeah. people on where we were going through COVID, and and Joe Rogan was going through this thing of not happy with what's going on in LA and um, and and right to bear arms and all these things, all these things that he began to found out were were foundationally either Christian or conservative, yeah. and he's going, oh wait, maybe maybe I have harshly judged that 
their values come from a place of conviction, not a place of judgment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the difference I think people have to get come to realize about mm-hmm. Christians and, and people of faith is that is that they come from a place of, of conviction, not necessarily judgment. And I know for sure, have having listened to Joe Rogan and others for so long, their issue with Christianity um, may be a, rep, a person that represented, but it's also their understanding of the values that a Christian has and how they believe that to be judgmental. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. oh, I, uh, you know, uh, a Christian's uh, um, belief on the LGBTQ community, the Christian's mm-hmm. belief on abortion, they view that as being very judgmental. They view that as being very narrow-minded, very ignorant. And so therefore they get angry by that. And that's kind of Dana White's probably prowess is he's thinking of ratings, he's thinking of money, mm-hmm. he's think so he's thinking, I don't want the person the top of their game who represents our sport to be talking about Jesus because then I'll lose money because there are people out right. there who don't. So to him, it's all it's all about that equation of we will lose people, we will yeah. lose money, we will lose this, we will lose that. And so therefore, he's going hard saying, hey, d- talk about Jesus in your personal life. Uh, do it on your whatever personal Instagram or whatever, but don't stand on my stage, my platform, my business that I've yeah. built. Talk yeah. about your Jesus where I'm going to lose money. Right. But really, I think a lot of people now are starting to realize, I don't think Christians do it necessarily. Just like people of Islam, they're not necessarily doing it out of judgment of others. They're the beliefs that they have. They do it out of a place of conviction, a value for their community, a value for their society. You know, what's really big right now is people who are going over to those Muslim countries and they're and they're almost trying to fight for American ideals and American. We saw that during Qatar and the World Cup. Right. You know, yeah. And colonialized. Yeah. You know, and so a lot of people, a lot of people are saying, hey, when you go to a country, respect them for their beliefs as a country. Mm-hmm. Well, I think in America, you got to you should respect people since we have freedom of speech, right. people for their individual beliefs. But also know, we know as Christians, which is why we turn the other cheek, is that God is a righteous judge, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so it's not my place uh, to necessarily fight the fight that God is righteously yeah. wielding, and they will stand before God mm-hmm. on their own, just yeah. like we saw in Brazil yeah. during Carnival last week, yeah. was they had a whole float that was dedicated to Satan, and they had Satan beating Jesus, wow. you know? And then the next day, a storm and a hurricane came in and flooded all of Rio de Janeiro, where yeah. the carnival, wherever it is, where the carnival. Yeah, you guys uh, want to show that? Do we, we have, have that, that clip? clip? Yeah, we Can got, I give you guys we got that, that clip? We got that clip. We got yeah, show, 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 for those that watch us on YouTube, show us that real quick. So if you're listening to us you, right now, you see a big satanic flow, this Satan figure beating Jesus. And then the next day, now we see this massive flood where Carnival took place. And people mm. literally died during mm. that flood. How yeah. would you interpret um, that as, um, you know, because I feel like the common reaction is going to be, oh, um, so God just punishes you if you don't follow him so type of thing. So how would you interpret that or explain that to somebody who might not have that relationship? Well, that's God? that's blatantly mocking God in public in such a, such a blatant way mm-hmm. that... Um, you know, God has a sense of humor, you know, so mm. I, 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 there have been a, a handful of instances like that over the past several years. Like another one was uh, when a lightning bolt struck down one of the monuments to Lucifer or Satan. I forget what it was called, um, but there was this, 
th- th- there is this national monument to Satan mm-hmm. that I think it was a year ago, um, a lightning bolt struck it down. Yeah. And uh, it's just like, what, what are the odds of that? Yeah. You know, so I think these, just these, every now and again, God just kind of has to like put us in our place as a society. Um, but that's what I think about when I see that. And I think know. more additionally in that is, is people, we have to understand that there are repercussions for the decisions that we make. That's why if you read the Old Testament, you see these prophets that are that are weeping to Israel to turn and repent. And if you read enough prophetic text mm-hmm. in the Old Testament, you see that um, God comes in as a disciplinary mm-hmm. to, to, to actually hopefully save Israel, save their soul, uh, hopefully yeah. save them as a society yeah. to give enough warning signs to say, hey, if you continue in this direction, there is a greater pain. There's a yeah. greater, you know, like I'm, I'm not... I'm not like these yeah, modern like parents. Yeah, like I, I do spank my son. You know, I'm not like these modern yeah. parents, right? I don't do modern gentle parenting. Pop uh, house. Me and Aaron yeah. just went on vacation this week. I mean, he saw me pull. We, you know, we had to pull my son a couple times because what I, my thinking is, is if I let him talk to someone that way, if I let him act that way, then this is going to be able to. This is going to build a bigger habit in a person yeah. in a character development that I'm not going to rock with. Even like back in the day before. Uh, Haiti's uh, um, Haiti the the hurricane in Haiti and everything like that. That year that that happened, they they had made a commitment. Uh, there was like a governmental thing where um, because Haiti has a lot of voodoo and a lot of witchcraft, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that they made a commitment to Satan. Was that right? Do you remember I didn't that? Era? Know that like there was a there was a governmental thing that happened where there was this like you know, many nations may commit to God or whatever. They made a commitment to, to, to that voodoo, that mysticism, Mm -hmm. which, which is satanic. Mm -hmm. It was a satanic plea. And, um, it was basically, someone might be able to, Jeremiah might be looking it up because there was a statement that made in terms of Satan. And again, then we see these catastrophes Mm -hmm. happen. I don't necessarily, um, always think that this is God who's, you know, forcing and pushing these things. Right. But I do happen to yeah. see that there is, there is a natural yeah, thing that happens, a consequence that happens that yeah. when you mock God, uh, when you place yourself so, against God, he gets, um, <laughs> he gets in the game in a more like, even yeah. uh, like when I say sense of humor, like that's very biblical. That's not just like a trite joke. That's right. very biblical. I think it's Psalm two that says, uh, the, "the the the Lord laughs at the nations who rise up against Him." Like mm-hmm. He laughs. So there's a part of God. You know, God is multifaceted. He's a God of love. He's also a God of justice and judgment. And uh, and He's slow to anger. And He's so slow it, to anger. It's not like this immediate. There's yeah. Ex- he'll yeah, give warning yeah. after warning. Yeah, after but warning. sometimes He intervenes in, in in ways to wake us up. And it's like wake yeah, up. Absolutely. I don't. I don't think it's our job to figure out that formula, or we wouldn't need faith. Yeah. And you know, so for me, like watching that video was hard for me just now. Like I didn't mm-hmm. even know that that happened. Mm-hmm. Like so, like seeing that with my own eyes. So in my context, I've wept over picturing Jesus being flogged, and it's my fault. Mm-hmm. And, and that he's given me an opportunity um, to have a, a, a relationship with him to demonstrate his love for me. So to see that publicly get mocked, I have a problem with that. Okay. Yeah. But, but I'm just a repenting sinner. Think yeah. about God the Father who yeah. sent his son Jesus. 
Like, how hurt and how grieved is he? So what I understand in my journey of discipleship right now is God, his mercy endures forever. At the same time, his judgment is attached to those who blatantly reject his mercy, blatantly reject his love. I don't want to have anything to do with God. And that video shows that in a public form. So God doesn't only intervene just to say, hey, I'll show you I'm God. He also has to protect those who love his name in that area. Mm-hmm. Like, so, so we, I don't know all the ramifications. He, cause, cause then we'll try to make it a formula. You do this. Yeah, God right. will do that. No, no, no. But no, at the yeah, same token, right. I, do, I do recall biblically a conversation God is having with Abraham. This is going to happen. You're going to be the father of many nations. And then 400 years later, your people are going to be in slavery. So he knows the place right. after, and we don't know what's going to yeah. happen in that, in that area, the weeks, the month, the yeah. years to come. But what we do know, his name will last forever. Yeah. So, so as I process that, I, I think, I think with, with TikTok, social media and so forth, like I, Aaron Levy, have to be careful on what I see because then that can, that can mess my day up. Well, and then, and also like, you know, we don't know if it was like God sending Michael the archangel to unleash a whirlwind a day after they mock him publicly, or we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places, both good and evil angels are constantly battling in the air. And, and, and they, they, they can be, um, um, and so when you have a, 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 a city who's blatantly mocking God, we also don't know if the, the demons were allowed to unleash and there was a restraint as far as the the the, the good angels yeah. um, allowing the demons yeah. mm-hmm. to unleash havoc on these people that are giving them access or authority in this way because the the, the devil comes to seek kill and destroy so that the, the, there are a number of things that 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 it, that it, that could be the case what i think like cuz i don't i don't want to act like i'm i'm insensitive in my statement by saying God has a sense of humor. Um, I'm not like I, I empathize with every form of suffering um, and victimization in the world. I feel it. I feel it deeply. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But but also, you know, you you read the Old Testament and mm-hmm. you do have these problem passages where it, it yeah. where 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 God is unleashing, <laughs> unleashing well, it should, and, it should, and it's meant to cause. A and David is praying that repent- God unleashes repentance and restoration. Yeah. Read the Psalms, read the prophetic text, the amount of times that God references the natural elements as forms of correction, right. form mm-hmm. of God's desire for people to for turn sure. back to him. God saying, I gave you to even at times with Israel, you were able to overcome this nation because this nation turned away from me. Mm-hmm. It is through Israel I'm exercising my judgment against that nation. And Israel, I'm exercising my judgment against you. Yes. And, and and it is it's God's mm-hmm. desire for righteousness, God's desire uh, for us to turn to repentance, to turn to Him, and so to me, because there's I know a lot of great Christians, a lot of great churches in Brazil, a lot of great preachers. Mm-hmm. So as a nation, mm-hmm. it, it, um, you know, as every person, it's not like every person is turned away from God, but mm-hmm. but in that sense, if 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 I was uh, and these situations are true on how it happened, because I don't know the specifics, I don't know. I know Carnival happened, and then a lot of TikToks are saying the next day a storm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know those specifics, yeah. but regardless, if I'm a Christian in that nation, I would be 
calling the the people to repentance yes. to say, did you see what we carnival is 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 like their Fourth of July, you know? Yeah. And so it's their biggest thing. Everyone's aware of what's happening at Carnival, mm-hmm. and so this massive float with a satanic figurehead, and it literally, literally I mean, it's traveling, Jesus. it's traveling for miles, yeah, right. miles, beating Jesus. So you yeah. literally have yeah. millions of people there, and as far as I can tell. No one stormed that parade, that 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 float, right. and tried to tear it down. Yeah. No one tried. It, it just but it was allowed. But the moment Jesus just, Christ's name is mentioned, we have an issue with it, which is so crazy. Where our society yeah. is, what well, goes like, full circle, right? What? It's like well, to me, it's proof uh, that he's the truth. Yeah. He's the one only because it's like why guy, is he hated so much? Like a know. guy is allowed to dress as <laughs> Satan. He's allowed to poke his three prong horns through Jesus, Jesus right. while they do this act for miles upon miles. And while Jesus is literally carried by people, he's this actor who's doing, you know, and it's like, and then, and then this is just completely everyone in that that's there is, is allowing this to happen. Um, there are Christians probably present there who are just going, Oh my goodness, either walking away or just letting it go by. And to me, it, you know, at some point you do have to not go to violence, but you do have to draw a line and be like, we, we got to get out of here. Yeah. This is oh crazy. Like, People should be leaving at droves. God, God that does thing, have, you know, God does have redemptive purposes in mind for, for every catastrophe that he allows the devil to do. And, and, you know, in these, sto- in these floods, we see it in, te- we've seen it in Texas, we've seen it in, in America as, but as well in this situation, I could totally see God using this in a way where the Christians in that area can now raise up and offer charity and help towards these uh, pagan unbelievers who are mocking the, you know, so now they're in a state of need. Their houses are flooded, their cars are flooded, um, they, they don't have food, they can't get electricity, and they were mocking God the day before, and now all of these Christians rise up and give give them food and give them shelter. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times that God... God does yeah, yeah, that. God yeah. allows these things to happen. And so not that every natural disaster a is a sign of God's judgment, Correct. you know, because there are people who are judgment hunters and all that kind of stuff like that. But, but you know, regardless, situations he, like he, this, you have to reflect. You 100% have to say, of the time, like, God allow. I mean, we yeah, can right, safely right, say right. 100% of the time, at least God <laughs> yeah. allowed it. He, didn't, he may exactly. not have caused it, but he allowed it. And so, you know, he's going to use yeah. it for his good. He's going to yeah. turn what the devil had for evil, and he's going to... I think Eureka after... I think... I did research. What, I found... What was it? So, uh, Carnival is actually founded off of voodoo beliefs and rituals. Mm. And then, so their frequently used phrase of what they're known for is, Si Bonde Vili, which is, if Bonde wishes. And Bonde is, like, their monotheistic supreme god that is what they believe created everything. Mm-hmm. And so their their phrase is "see bonde view." Yeah, so I guess in some acts, I you know would love to talk to someone who's a pastor in Brazil or something like that. And what their view of carnival is? Is it you know is it our view of Halloween or is it an mm-hmm. actual practice of a form of paganism? But regardless, we know this float that was created this year was an atrocity. So you have you know you and to me the. The louder Satan gets, you you now have to, as a believer, as a Christian, you too have to become louder. And right. so you used yeah. to have... Do you with, feel like we are becoming louder? I think so. I mean, I at least so. in my perception, it looks like mm-hmm. it. Yeah. In, in my, in what I'm perceiving, I mean... And what does loud look like? What is an appropriate loudness or like look like? I mean, ma- mainly for me, it seems as though it's a... Is it's loud, a, li- loudness <laughs> yeah, a word? <laughs> yeah, maybe. You just pulled Pastor Diego. Uh. <laughs> 
to me, it's a it's a boldness for for Christ. It's a boldness to preach the gospel. It's a boldness to call people to repentance. To me, that's what revival really yeah, is. Like, that's what you begin to see is are people being called to repentance? Mm-hmm. Are people being called called to know Christ? Are they realizing the true uh, faith in Christ is to believe yeah. in the death and resurrection? Uh, call him Lord. Believe that he died on the cross. You know, believe his and, attribute and, and, of and, salvation. And, and, you know? and it's not a cookie cutter approach. It can. It, it can manifest in different ways because, you know, I've all, I, I, I've always told Adam that he's an evangelist. I wanted to be an. I thought I was an evangelist. Um, I'm kind of a, a, a drive-by evangelist. That's how I started when I was a teenager, and I, w- I was an open-air preacher. I got in the way of the master handing out tract. That was fine because I didn't have to invest myself in relationship because hmm. that's uncomfortable for me. Got Discipleship it. is not my strong suit. So I'm a. I'm like a drive. I can do drive-by evangelism. Adam you're a is, sinner. You're going Adam to hell. Is, Adam is relationship. <laughs> Adam is relationship-oriented. Discipleship-oriented. He's patient. And uh, and the conversations, the best way to evangelize, I think, is when it happens organically, when you're at yeah. lunch, when you're having dinner. And I wanted to show this clip of Tyson Fury because I think he gives a model of how this how this looks in like our day to day life, because. It doesn't have to be the Romans Road, 12 Steps. It doesn't have to be Ray Comforts. Would you know the? Would you consider yourself to be a good person every single encounter? It's not going to be real and not going to create authentic converts. You know that was my um, that was my training was way of the master. And looking back on it, I have criticisms of it because I think it's a great um, tool to have in your tool belt as a as a Christian in your witness. Um, but you need to diversify your tool belt. Don't just have a hammer. Have a screwdriver. Have a have, have a Phillips head. And the way the way of the master is. Um, while I, I I enjoyed it, I got a lot out of it, and um, and I think it produces good. And I think that ministry has done good. Um, I have a problem with the way it presents itself as like the way to do evangelism. Yeah, and that creates kind of like this. Um, this uh, kind of, it can create kind of this, just this narrowness of how you view evangelism. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't take into account the diverse ways that we can witness and share our faith to people. Um, and, and so if you guys don't know Way of the Master, it's basically like this, um, it's this a form pro- to share your faith where you, where you ask the person questions, you go up to the person uh, you hand them a tract, a gospel tract, and you you start out by by you saying basically convincing that they've been be guilty of the, law, the of law of God, the yeah. Ten Commandments. So, have you ever lied? Have you ever stolen? And it's very contrived like and a it's, system to get it's people like a to system. believe. Yes, a system to people or realize that they're sinful is what it is. Um, which, so, 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 you know, it, it, nothing wrong with that, but it's nothing wrong with that. That's, I'm but not, there were I'm people not, back in the I'm day that were like, that is the way you're saying not, there's other you ways. I'm not hating thing. on it, but yeah, it, yeah, yeah. My problem with it looking back on it now is, um, it, 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 it presented itself as the only way you, you need to, sh- you should share did your Did you this do is the way it, of the master? How it looks. Did you do it or you just, yeah, we both yeah. did. Yeah. I mean, we oh, would so every Saturday, you would watch a way the master video, get the, get the, the, 
me almost, you know, almost like a, wow. how our own evangelical version of a Jehovah's Witness. Like you get your, you get the 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 rake, which Ray Cumber was a big influence on my life. Kirk Cameron was a big influence on my life early yeah. on. But it was like, here's the system, the approach. You do it the same way every single time. You so just. What was the response yeah. that you guys saw in, in doing that? Um, there were, there were, there were some good responses in the sense you really got people to think and it presented clearly the gospel from start to finish. Um, but, and it utilized the When you were done, you give them a sign of the cross and you walk away. Yeah. You, walk away like you never see them again. You know, you, you, yeah. you don't know whether they're going to open, open up their Bible. You don't know whether they're going to go to church. You don't know or what discipleship looks like. You don't know, what, you know. To me, to me though, you know. it, it, it came across really contrived and disingenuous because every person is different. Um, and it kind of it kind of sets the person up to be to, to have like a gotcha moment. So it's like uh, I'm going up to Aaron. Hey, Aaron, have, have you ever told a lie? You say, yeah, yeah, I told a lie. Okay, what does that make you? A liar. Okay, ha have you ever stolen anything? Yeah. What does that make you? A thief. Have you ever looked at a woman with lust? Yeah. Well, Jesus says you're guilty of adultery in your heart. So by your own admission, you're a liar, you're a thief, and you're an adulterer at heart. How are you going to... Pay your way out of hell. <laughs> basically, that's it. Yeah, it's basically, yeah. But you can see how. So, it, it, oh no, God. like little booklets. You well, can find them is, on YouTube no, too. This is the like biggest. It, it, yeah. No, it's the biggest evangelism program in the country. Oh, so, wow. yeah, this is okay. not something small, some niche thing. Yeah. yeah. So, it, so, so, wow. so, my I'm, thing is like, it, it instead of going up to you as a human being. Hey, hey, how you doing? What's your name? Aaron. Oh, hey, man, how you doing, man? You, you look good, man. You here with your family? How's? I mean, instead of like really just trying to build a connection and be a human being, it's just it, kind of disingenuous and contrived. So I say that to say I've come. I'm at the point where how I would encourage witness and evangelism, which I want to, I think this is kind of the topic of today's conversation is kind of what does it look like mm -hmm. for a Christian to be a witness in today's world? Um, you need a broad range and it doesn't ha it doesn't necessarily look one way. Um, and so what I want to look at these Tyson clips because it, sometimes it could be as simple as just saying, Jesus is Lord. Can I say in a context before of you some, watch the, the of clip? A conversation. Can I say something real yeah. quick? Because you, you made me confess to be a liar. You, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to do a sinner's prayer real quick? I think, I think that, yeah, I need to text next. I think, <laughs> I think the, that formula gives me guilt. It doesn't necessarily give me God. Yeah. So it just gives me, well, okay, The I've other half is me now giving you the gospel. But, but that's yeah. not what Jesus did. Well, he, he did it a couple times. But that, now this is their logic. Because he, there are, he, they, it's taken from a couple of passages in which Jesus um, uses a one of the Ten Commandments exposes to convict, the law, yeah, to yeah. convict one of the, the rich young ruler, the, the rich yeah. young ruler, yeah, yeah. 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 And so um, it's it's taken from like one or two passages, and so they say therefore this is the, the way. way. We're not even not even taking into consideration the other encounters in which Jesus had a broad range of 100. interacting and dealing with the person on their level, or and, even the yeah. response of the rich young ruler didn't work for him. Yeah, 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 and 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 it 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 certainly didn't look as systematic as as they presented. So, um, but I I I want to connect it with this Tyson Fury clip because I think Tyson Fury presents such a great courageous way to share your faith in an organic situation. Okay. 
Okay, I just want to be clear, though, because we have two Tyson Fury Play both clips. of them. Does it, does it matter <laughs> yeah, which one you play, want first? Play both of them. Okay. Like, I'm, I'm trying to do my job right today. I want high Tyson energons right now. The boxer Tyson Fury? Yeah. I mean, he gets the gospel across in both of these clips, so I'll start with one of them. Jesus Christ is my savior. I don't believe in all spirits and alter egos. And even mentioning stuff like that on TV, you're getting it. Honestly. That's the difference if God is with me, me nobody can be against me. It's going to be no God against my God. Time. Try Jesus, not me. Then it shows the boxer Tyson Fury knocking out the guy. Congratulations who to Deontay Wilder for finding his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'd love to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> do the other one, do the other one. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be He's saved. He's talking to paparazzi, I think. Is that your reaction to what people who want you off the spotty shortlist? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. And what about you being stripped of your belt? I mean, that, that, that's, you must be very unhappy with that. What's your reaction to that? Jesus loves me. He loves you too, and he loves you too. He loves these people in here, and he loves everybody in the world. You All you've got to do is repent of your sins, and you will be, be forgiven. And do you think you can win spotty? Do you want to win spotty? John 3.16, the world that gave his only begotten son, whoever believes in him shall have eternal life and shall not perish. Okay, Tyson, uh, any, final, any final message to those people who have criticised you in recent? There's been a lot of criticism from people in signing petitions to the yes. Scottish national people, to all sorts of people. Yes, yes, yes. Just, give us, just give us your take on it. Do you stand by your comment? <laughs> All right, so you get you get the point. Yeah. So he's in the real world dealing with real situation, real life situations, and he's just courageously confessing Christ. And it's 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 and not, really it's upsetting not situations. A, it's not necessarily offensive. It's not like Bible thumping. It's not. It's just being authentic, being genuine. And and for those who may not know, like boxing and other stuff like that, when 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 the reporters just slyly passing, are you upset that they may take your belt away? I mean, just think about it. This is something that. This person has worked their whole life For sure. to get this thing. This yeah. is like a Super Bowl ring. This is a Grammy. This is an Oscar. And his response in the moment, hey, they're going to strip your belt away. What do you think? Because of whether we, uh, you know, all yeah. these things going on. He's like, repent, repent of your sins. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, that's like the, someone going to Matthew McConaughey. They're going to strip your Oscar away for being a person. This is um, this is um, um, uh, Mark Wahlberg right now, who right. says right yeah. now he's put a line in the sand. He said right now I'm only interested in doing movies that deal with my faith. He's right. a strong Catholic. Right. You know, you have these. So as people are going to come and obviously there's going to be persecution that comes with those level of uh, 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 beliefs, convictions, and you have someone right now, like you said, in the real world, Tyson over the years now has faced some stuff, is like his response in losing something that is his greatest thing that he's worked towards. Yeah. His response is, repent of your sins, trust yeah. the Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. It is this reflection of what it means to be a believer. To ask your question is, what does it look like today? To me, it looks like that. Mm -hmm. A boldness to be a Christian that amongst hard times, amongst difficult times, amongst impossible times, that you're able to reflect in that moment and say, Jesus still loves me. Jesus still loves you. Mm -hmm. Repent of your sins. Give your life to Christ. That is my response. I think the key it, part of that response is knowing that there could be loss of whatever it may be after your response. There could be repercussion, which is wor it's worth it. But I think a lot of people in my generation are do reach that point where it's like I 
I can make a decision to draw a line in the sand or just stay silent because I don't want the heat. I just don't want, you know? So it's like, are you willing to uh, put yourself in a position where you gain the world and lose your soul or the opposite? And I think it comes back to a decision. My generation, I like saying that is, it. it's humbling for me because I'm like, how many people in my generation would, would truly put stuff on the line to proclaim God's name? And I have, you two, know? Th- I have two thoughts from that. Just a thought. Um, there are Christians that believe well, since Jesus loves me, I'm not going to get my title stripped because I have favor. Mm-mm. I'm not going to have hard times. Right. I'm not going to have consequences. Yeah. I'm not going to have pain. Sure. And I think the test yeah. of being loud is like what you As said. Tim Tebow. Yeah. Cur- cur- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so that's it's, good. it's staying courageous to speak the truth in love, irrespective of consequence. Mm-hmm. Yep. So then once you, once you get that consequence, then that's the test if you're still going to be loud. But, mm-hmm. but there's so many illiterate Christians, what I mean by not reading the Bible, that they don't recognize that suffering is stapled to your journey. So as you as you proclaim the truth, the enemy will get louder. You're, you're, it'll test your relationships. And if you could still stay loud, just like Peter, <clears throat> all these people give their life to Christ in Acts chapter 3, all of a sudden he's in prison. But he stayed loud in prison. Mm-hmm. And that's what I see when I see that video, yep. that he's able to speak at a higher frequency, even as they're trying to trigger him with it. Well, tell us how you feel if that be, they may be stretched from you. Yeah. No, yeah. He said, Jesus loves me. So to your point, mm. our generation and the next generation needs to value the love of Christ more than the things that we think we get from Christ from being Christians. Yep, I want to uh, bring up example, a personal example. This always stuck with me. Um, the The... the, the the greatest evangelist growing up as a child was not my dad. My dad was a great preacher and a great pastor. To this day, he still is. Um, But the evangelist was an unexpected person. Um, It was my grandfather. Now, if you know my grandfather, my dad's dad, (laughs) he is a rough around the edges guy. He's unorthodox. I mean, one day. Yeah. he's, uh, he, you know, he's just an old school type of guy. Okay. Yeah, you got to bleep I, out every other, yeah. every other <laughs> sentence he <laughs> says. Oh, he, yeah, he, yeah, ma- yeah. he makes, he makes, uh, uh, what, what would you call it? Um, um, uh, just remarks that are, oh, God, how would you describe it? Well, they're not it's politically like, correct. Yes. That's for sure. <laughs> not like non-politically. Yeah, no filter. No, yeah, no yeah. filter. No yeah. filter. But so he's, super big he, heart. How old is he now? Super, uh, 70, um. Well, maybe 80, 81, 80, 83, something like that. Okay, okay. Yeah. So big heart, but but he's his, his, his yeah, he's um so uh a, a, an experience growing up, I would help him uh on summers, I would I would uh, assist him in his plumbing uh job. He was a okay. plumber. And I would help him uh assist in his plumbing to earn some money for toys or whatever I wanted. Um and it, it always it always fascinated me when when he'd go to every single house and, and how freely he mentioned the name of Jesus. Okay. To, and the way that he mentioned it though was interwoven with just his conversation. So he would he would be fixing a lady's sink and the lady would be like, um, "Oh, thank you so much for fixing my sink." And and his response would be, "Oh, oh, thank Jesus. Don't thank me. Thank Jesus because He's given me the wisdom to okay. fix your sink." Yeah, yeah. And that was always that was always. But weird, mind you, it's like me every other word's a cuss word. <laughs> and every other, you know, it's like. But he was yeah, he, he, he was brash. Yeah, right, right. It, it was just so <laughs> unexpected. 
because you know, he would, you know, he, he makes some like racist, racist comments. Yeah. But back back then, like back then, that was like that was just everybody did from it, a but. Mexican from East LA. You know, he yeah. But but it was always like Jesus was every word out of his mouth at these homes that he would be fixing their pipes, mm-hmm. and this yep. was him in his element. This was him in his job, his career. This yeah, is what some, he did for someone a living. would have a bad back, and he'd say, and "Lord Jesus, he's a healer." Yeah, he needs to trust exactly. the Lord. It was you know, just like, so. Yeah. It, it flowed so freely where I think so many Christians, so many believers, it, it's such a chore to, to say, to interwove Jesus in a conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but for him, it was so natural. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and, and that, that taught me just the, a lesson of, of how, of wit, how to be a witness and an evangelist is, um, it doesn't oh, have to be spooky. Yeah, it doesn't have to be spooky. Yeah. It doesn't have to, yeah. <clears throat> let me, yeah, share, I, let me I, share what happened, because oh. um, you made me think about that when you had plumbing issues. I had a plumbing issue at my house. I was out of my house for six months. They had to restore the whole situation. So at the end, uh, when we were reconciling all the things that we needed to pay for, we opted to pay for additional things. So we got we got towel in our floor, uh, in our kitchen, et cetera, et cetera. When we're closing out the bill... I recognized that the, the contractor forgot to include the tile for our restroom floor. Hmm. So I said, hey, sir, you forgot to charge me. Remember, that wasn't included. It was this amount. He was like, oh, my God. And you said you're a Christian? Because he was at my house for six mm-hmm. months. Mm-hmm. So, like, I would talk to him. Oh, what do you do? I'm a Christian. I go to church. Blah, blah, blah. He was like. So when I did that, because it was an it was an and you weren't like, a, a pastor at that time. Was not right. a pa- I was I was I worked at Bank of America at that time, um, but what's right is right, right? Yeah. So so um, he was like, and you say you're a Christian? He was like, my God. He was like, I hate having Christians as my customers because they always try to take advantage of me financially. So wow. so he's like, so here you are, mm. you owe this twelve hundred dollars, you bring it to my remembrance. Mm-hmm. Years later. He kept my number. He's asking me questions about his kids. Mm. He's asking about his kids going to a private school during COVID. Mm-hmm. So, so I think in those moments, I wasn't trying to get him saved in that moment. I was just trying to make sure that my life is blessed by being obedient. Mm-hmm. So, if I, so, so if I see an area in private to where, no, that's wrong. You, you, you need to speak up. Yeah. I think that's also evangelism, which is, which is lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. And as I've reflected on that, I think... That when we don't know the scriptures, we can project certain situations like, oh, this is favor. So some Christians where they're in that plumbing situation and the guy forgets the 1200, that's God's that's favor. God. That's God on my life. Mm-hmm. That, no, mm-hmm. that's taking advantage. Yeah. 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 Now, now, now yeah. If, you, if you bring yeah. it to his attention and then, okay, we'll get split it. Or, yeah. Okay. Then that, but being honesty is a value. We can't negate our values. For favor, well, yeah. a lot of restaurant owners have that complaint, don't they? On on after on Sundays, like Sundays yeah. are like the worst tips because they're all mm-hmm. church folk, the, the church folk coming yeah. after, yeah. and, and you yeah, know, they give the worst. T- that's been have said, you, yeah. it, hasn't that been said before? No, yeah, I, I yeah, feel yeah, like that's I've definitely, heard that before. It's yeah. like a cliche. Yeah, and yeah. I think so. I I think about um, eight, about eight years ago, somebody came into our church, was very influential, um, very well known. Uh, outside the church and they had recently got saved and they still actively smoked weed and did all this stuff like that. And, but they had people coming in and out of their house all the time that were um, very influential uh, from, from gang members to uh, athletes, musicians, stuff like that. So I start discipling the guy, which is what you say is like 
that's my that's my that's my that's my jam. Love to do life with people. Yeah. So I want I want to be able to take this walk with you on Christ, with Christ. And so he gets saved in the church. I start doing that walk with him and. Uh, mind you, at the same time, every Monday night in my home, I'm holding a Bible study. We study the book of Mark. Chelsea, eight years ago, when she was a was really? teenager, yes. used oh, to come to my I house. Yes. And um, I did it for maybe five years, every Monday. Yeah, I remember that. Only, mm-hmm. only yeah. didn't do maybe the week of Christmas, and that was it. So for five years, pretty much every Monday um, in my house, at first, it was at a sponsored house. Uh, it was at uh, Cindy's house. Mm-hmm. And we would study the book of Mark. It took us three years just to go through the book of Mark. And then we started, I want to say, Romans or Acts or something like that. So I'm doing a bunch of young people like Chelsea who are mm-hmm. sold out believers, college students, young adults, studying the book of Mark. And then there's this and then there's this guy who gets saved, still smoking weed, still got people very influential, got people coming in his house. So he approaches me. He says, yo. From time to time, would you come over to my house when these people are hanging out with me, and would you just be a light? Mm. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll come one time. First time I go, it's the first no. time I ever seen this. <laughs> I see a guy with a Sprite, with NyQuil, with a bag of Skittles. Mm. He's making lean for those who haven't put the yeah, math together. Yeah, I didn't put the math together. He's got <laughs> he's got two two foam cups. He's pouring, making lean. The whole room is they're all smoking uh, weed. They're all rolling up. They're all talking, all the kind of stuff like that. They're hanging out. And so I'm there. I walk in, and the and the guy who's newly saved, he's like, hey, guys, this is my pastor. Mm-hmm. He's hanging out with us. Um, any of you guys got any questions about God or faith, he's here, you know? Mm-hmm. So from there, there's about 11 guys in there. Half of them are doing lean. Uh, almost all of them are smoking weed. And, like, I'm thinking to myself – Dude, this evening I'm doing a Bible study with uh, 20 young adults. Yeah, yeah. And I smell like, like weed. <laughs> like, like I, I'm just like thinking, what? So in that yeah. moment, I'm like, okay. So I make a judgment call. Right, right. Do, am I going to continue to do this? Right, right. Or, or am I going to walk? Because I don't want anyone to think. I started thinking about my image, right? Well, and it was start, illegal back then. Weed. Oh, now, for now sure. It's a, now it's legal. But. Yeah. So. I'm just immediately start thinking about my image. What what will people think? What if someone gets out? What if someone says Adam smelled like weed? What if someone hears where I'm at? Blah blah mm-hmm. blah blah blah. And so, um, you know, I decided in that moment. I'm like, I was invited here in this space mm-hmm. to preach the gospel, mm-hmm. not to. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. You know, like other people say, oh, I go to my fr- uh, the club with my friends to be a light. Like, yeah. well, you're just you're you're taking a girl home just like them. You ain't being nothing. You know, like. But in this moment, it's like, I'm genuinely, you know, hey, you want some weed? I'm like, no, nah, I'm straight, bro. You want some of this, you know, purple drink? You know, I'm like, no, nah, I'm good, bro. I'm just in there. But, I mean, we're hashing out full-scale conversations about God. Some of them guys are crying how mad they are at their fathers, how mm-hmm. mad, you know, it's like. And I start leading some of these guys to the Lord. I mean, they're literally in the course of a few months, like, yeah. no longer, they're in the room still hanging. And it's like, hey, bro, you want some of this lean stuff that I saw him making? Six months ago. Like, no, I'm good, bro. I'm not doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. So slowly start coming mm-hmm. to church. Yeah. But after the first couple weeks of doing this, I was like, I have to go to my group that I do Bible study with. And I got to tell them, hey, guys, this is the circumstance. There may be days that I come to this Bible study and I may smell like weed. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm not necessarily going to look. I'm not trying to cover myself in cologne to hide. Here's what it is. 
Yeah. I told him the situation. I have an opportunity right now to lead people to the Lord that are very far off from Christ. Yeah. People are starting to confess Jesus, and I'm going to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. But I want you to know, if I come in here smelling, if I come here, whatever. Yeah. Now, some people may say, hey, that wasn't the right thing to do. For me, that is what I felt the Holy Spirit told me to do. For me, today, there are people who are believers in the kingdom today that were in that room over the course of months. I mean, we're talking guys that were cartel leaders, guys that mm. were drug dealers. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to give too much of the circumstance of why I was invited and all that stuff like that, because I don't want to give too much people business away. But regardless, we were leading people to Lord. True conversions, quitting what they were doing, walking away, uh, uh, going back Mm -hmm. to their baby mamas and restoring and marrying them. I mean, we were seeing life change. And um, to me, that is what evangelism looks like. To me, that is what discipleship looks like, is Mm -hmm. walking through life with people, but also being using your influence to be a bold witness, like we saw with Ty. To me, that's what a bold witness is. It's like, what space are are you proclaiming the name of Christ teaching true repentance, sharing the word of God with people, and using and, whatever and, and, influence and you co- have. And context is important, right? So yeah. if you're if you're in the workplace and you're on the, the, the clock, you're not going to want... You need to respect your employer and not share your faith. For sure. But at lunchtime, if a, if a, if a friend asks you, has questions about something, um, or you see an open door to, to share the gospel, to mention Christ, to um, invite somebody to church, then that's... A great opportunity. Yeah. So context is important. Like there are times when you don't want to cast your pearls before swine when it's going to do more harm than good. Yeah. yeah. I found some of the greatest times of evangelism for me and for others is is in times of suffering. Is that mm-hmm. when people when people see someone suffer suffer in life hardship, there is a natural inclination that people accept expect a certain response to it. Mm-hmm. And so when you have such a clarity of peace, a clarity of purpose in suffering, to me, that, that, that is, that, that is that, I mean, that's why Jesus says, carry your cross. It's not mm-hmm. just about persecution. It's about the suffering that a, a human faces in this life, whether it be natural disaster, whether it be a divorce, whether it be an illness, a sickness of a loved one. And when they see a demeanor, a calmness, a peace about you, that, that exempt like that you can do in a workplace. You know, the workplace may say you can't talk about Jesus, blah, 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 blah. But you're allowed to talk about personal life. People talk about their personal life all the time. And so a coworker may say, hey, how's it going? I heard your mother got sick. Or how's it going? I heard you're experiencing this. And if you say that there's a peace about you, God mm-hmm. has given me peace. And they, they start to say, wow. Yeah, like, yeah. They're not reacting the way that I've seen other people react in this circumstance. Oh, yeah. And it's in those trials. Do we have the Jim Carrey uh, joint? Yes. You yes, got the Jim, yes, yes, play, yes, play the Jim Carrey right. joint. Jim Carrey joint. I don't, right, I don't know Jim Carrey's all deal, but, but when I was younger, I was Jim Carrey, I was Jim Carrey's biggest fan. And then uh, I just recently saw this clip and, and I think it's pretty recent because I've seen over the years, he would speak about Jesus as like a metaphysical person right, right. and he'd do paintings and, but it seems like now recently, cause he does a lot of stuff with like um, homeless, incarcerated people. So he he's um, moved moved to more charitable things. Mm-hmm. But I've seen a recent clip where, at, at least what appears to me, his language has really changed from speaking of Jesus as an allegorical person to you'll see in this clip. I mean, he totally talks about it differently now. But he also reminisces the, the suffering aspect. So w- watch yeah. this. Yeah, I, I think he might be. I don't know if he's. It, if it seems like he's doing one of those like homeless shelters or he's at some kind of, that's what it appears. He's got like a mic in his hand Yeah, just for for people who aren't, aren't going to be watching it, but just listening. 
I've had some challenges in the last couple of years myself, uh, and uh, ultimately, I believe that suffering leads to salvation. Uh, we have to somehow accept, and not deny, but feel our suffering, and then we make one of two decisions. We either decide to go through the gate of resentment, which leads to vengeance, which leads to self-harm, which leads to harm to others, or we go through the gate of forgiveness, which leads to grace. Just as Christ did on the cross, he suffered terribly, and he was broken by it to look upon the people who were causing that suffering or the situation that was causing that suffering with compassion and with forgiveness. And that's what opens the gates of heaven for all of us. That's one of the best altar calls I've ever wow. heard. Wow. <laughs> the keys in the background. <laughs> right? Yeah. If you could text grow.faith wow. to <laughs> Yeah, right, right. And, I, you know, I don't know where his faith journey is at. I, I don't know his words and what he means, but, but it does appear... Shia LaBeouf, Mark yeah, Wahlberg, right. Jim Carrey. Yeah. Um, I didn't even Mel show Gibson. the other Mel, Mel Gibson. Gibson. I didn't even yeah. show the other clip. We got Mace that just recently did a concert and he yeah. led an altar call. Yeah, Mace, the famous yeah. rapper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Show, that show that one real yeah. quick. Wow. So Mace, a famous. You g okay, give us the Mace. background on Mace. Yeah. Who's Mace, Aaron? I, I, Mace <laughs> was rapping with Puffy for years, then became a pastor. Okay, then went back to rapping. I didn't know Mace was a pastor. He's a pastor currently. He's a he leads a church. I think in Atlanta. Maybe I don't I don't know anything yeah, yeah. about Mace. Yeah, yeah. I, but yeah, he's he's but not, I, I know. currently leading the church. Not, not that much of a surprise then if he's a pastor. Yeah, I guess. But oh, okay. I mean, I guess maybe yeah. to the audience because he was he's rapping his. Um, he's I'm doing a regular concert of his, right uh, well, of his yeah, regular be, known music. So uh, well, it's like it's like it's like also it's like it's like Kanye having Eminem and. Um, on his uh, God, one oh, yeah, of, one yeah, of yeah, his yeah. Uh, gospel tracks, he's yeah. Eminem, and then he got a lot of controversy having um, what's the Satan Marilyn the, Manson. Marilyn Manson. What do you think about that? Here's what I think about that. Yeah, <laughs> who, who, who would have the influence and the maturity to reach Marilyn Manson? Yeah, I think there yeah. are too. I think there's so many Christians that would be intimidated to share their faith with that person, or think that they're too far gone. So I think about seeing people. Like Marilyn mm. Manson tests our maturity. For example, I am still frustrated about the what we saw earlier <laughs> with the Brazilian right? thing. So, so, so here's the thing: there's a, frustrated. There's a per, but there was a person acting like Satan, and the way God, you said God has a sense of humor. Would I have the humility and the courage to give the gospel to that person? So that's what I think about a Kanye saying, "I'll okay. include a Marilyn okay. Manson," uh -huh. because yeah. there's so many Christians that wouldn't be able to reach that person. But he's in the music space. He has the influence. So I, so thank God Kanye can reach a Marilyn Manson. And I'm praying. I, I when I saw that, I was praying for Kanye to be used to reach him because if, when you reach mm -hmm. people with influence, mm -hmm. then the then the message multiplies. Mm -hmm. So so that so that's my thought for that. Like I thought it was a great thing. What do you think of Eminem's lyrics and uh, what was that song? I think Eminem is a phenomenal rapper, if not the best rapper. You talking about the DJ Khaled? He songs yeah. that came yeah. out. DJ Khaled, yeah, and and collab and, and, with. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought I thought the war and and me and Phil talked about this offline. Um, a rapper, you, so the thing about rapping, you don't have to believe what you say. You could just be artistically phenomenal. Okay, yeah. So so that's why I, you got rappers who, who uh uh. You know, 
had a perfect upbringing, perfect home, but, but yet, they're thugs. They, they're, they're, yeah, yeah, they wasn't that Ja Rule? They're rapping about prison. Ja yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're they're trying to put Ja Rule in a box and make him out to be a gangster, but he wasn't. Yeah. So, yeah. so um, I mean, I love those lyrics. That's what I'm saying. I that absolutely love them as well. Um, I. What are you asking? If I think they were genuine. Um, what? Yeah, maybe. I don't know, because I don't know that world. So I, I, I'm I wondering if, if you know any I inside think, scoop. I just think generally we as people need to give more grace and space for people on their journeys. Mm-hmm. And not to necessarily, this moment of their life, this is where you're at. Just kind of like what you well, said about... Well, just the fact that he was willing to confess Christ in that song, in a sense, con- he confess Christ yeah. in his way through those lyrics, um, that's something. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. absolutely, and it's, you know? and it's and it's and it's what Paul said in Philippians. Some procrace, pro, uh, profess Christ for selfish ambition. Yeah, we don't know their heart. And he said, "Man, just praise God. Yeah. Christ is yeah. being proclaimed." That's yeah. my thought about it. Mm. Yeah. So if I go into the details of what I think of Eminem's yeah, fruit yeah, yeah. and all this, that's not my role. Well, and right? I think it goes deeper. If someone goes, "Well, would you do it?" It's like, well. I have a different level of conviction. I have a different state of conviction. We're not and you have a different calling. About, you yeah, have a different anointing. And it's like, yeah, we're not talking life. about Position. me. Yeah. We're yeah. It's like when you, t- but that's what a lot of people always want to do. Is like just put yourself in their shoes in the sense of well, what would you do? It's like well, I could tell you what I would do, but I'm not in that circumstance. Uh, mm-hmm. And then and then additionally, so, the 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 fast casted judgment, almost what happened with Paul. You know, it's like you know Paul gets saved, he becomes uh, an apostle. He always has to convince everyone he's an apostle. Because he, he was just killing, you know, the, <laughs> right? And then even the even the early apostles are like, is this guy legitimate yeah, or not? Think about sure. what he mm-hmm. did. Right. And and you know, Christians do that all the time. They, the first time they see something is like. Uh, well, before I call this person a Christian, first let's, I'm going to see how this plays out. And I'm going to, you know, it's like, you're putting yourself in God's shoes mm-hmm. I'm, I, until the time being, until your fruit shows. Otherwise I'm going to rejoice, uh, For sure. that Jesus is be, yeah. be proclaimed. I'm well, going to rejoice. Critics would say the hardline critics from the discernment ministries, I could hear them say, um, it, it, they would probably use that, the, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, and they, th- does does light have any partnership with darkness? So they may see a Kanye partnering with an Eminem or with uh, Marilyn Manson, and they they would say that's going too far. Or you have Lecrae has done stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah Lecrae gets a lot of heat. Uh, he's partnered with yeah. a lot of um, yeah. quote unquote unbelievers. But, um, but Jesus died for the world. Mm-hmm. So so. Ooh, what's your theology? <laughs> <laughs> it, the only thing, the only thing for me is the the whosoever part. I be, I believe Marilyn Manson is part of the whosoever. Yeah, yeah. So 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 who mm-hmm. so whosoever. So we have a call, and 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 God, I think I think Christians have to be okay with knowing. Okay, that's Chelsea's lane. Mm-hmm. That's Caleb's lane. Mm-hmm. That's this is Aaron's lane, and mm-hmm. it's all attached to personality. Like because God is has infinite wisdom. Mm-hmm. So there are certain people that can handle that, and there are certain people that cannot, because then they'll get in those spaces and they'll become like those spaces. For yeah, sure. right. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, so right. the person or they don't have the so grace. The, yes. Also, to even just deal like to deal I've, with. I've, I've yeah, had I've sure. had friends call me and be like, "Yo, bro, you want to come with me? I they maybe have influence in a certain space. You want to roll with me? I really want them to introduce." I recently had a friend, very he's in a very famous circle, and he goes, "Hey." Um, I've been asked to begin to speak in these people's life. I want to bring you in on it. Would you help me? Because I know you're discipleship oriented mm-hmm. and I'm, that's not me. And I said, to be honest, I don't have the grace for that because I'd walk in that room and I'd slap every person in that room in the first five minutes. 
I don't think I'm like, I think they would give up on me. They would walk away that day when they hear the standard of conviction that I have. I think it's something that's more you have game for. And maybe when they come out of there, because there were people who were like, you know, doing drugs and Mm -hmm. doing everything. I'm like, bro, I don't have, you know, I don't have the patience to deal with that. If that's not what they want to do, if that's what they want. And then, so I just, it's not my grace. And yeah. this, you know, like yeah. just walk away. It's not my grace. Yeah. Yeah. It's your grace. So, so think about think about somebody <laughs> that's gone through a divorce and has experienced healing. They now have a credibility and also a lens for someone that's somebody that's going through that pain. So they can give that grace and that patience because they know what that feels like. And that's, so I think that's why, like, to go biblical, if you look at Paul, Paul did everything he could do to destroy the church because they thought they were wrong. But then when he gets to his worst and he's blind... He has grace to be in those places now where people... Because yeah. the church was there for him when he was blind. There's an Ananias in the city where you were going to kill Christians that's, that's that good. showed you grace. Now all his letters have love to do with the church because you've experienced the love mm-hmm. of the church. Mm-hmm. So now you have mm-hmm. grace for the church. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's let's deal with this brother, 1 Corinthians. Yep. Let's forgive this brother, 2 Corinthians. Mm-hmm. I think that has everything to do with God assigning roles and, and callings based upon the suffering... That's assigned to it. Absolutely. And, and this makes me yeah. think of like practical ways that we can support and be that light. So I might not, like you said, Pastor Adam, you weren't meant to be in that room. So we can support in ways as believers where, say, like this Jesus Revolution movie came out, right? Which I'm feeling convicted right now because I haven't seen it. And I went to go see other movies. Why are you feeling convicted? I've not seen it. No, I know. For (laughs) me, for me, I'm saying for me. Because, like, I'm going to see it when it's on Netflix. Yeah. No, I'm just saying for me, like, sometimes we can do things where we're like, oh, I'm quick to support, you know, this artist. I'm quick to support this business. But sometimes we can also be like, oh, we want to shed that light. I don't have that type of money. I'm not a filmmaker, but I can support this, you know, Christian movie and hopefully, you know, it goes bigger. But just things like that where we may not have the grace, we may not be in that lane, but we can still support others who do have that grace or who are in those industries where we may not be in so that's what i meant for that yeah Yeah. i mean yeah i think you have to you you know you have to cheerlead and support where wherever it's appropriate and and yeah to me i i mostly make my 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 uh pocketbook speak for itself as best as possible so Mm -hmm. um I'm glad. I'm glad Jesus Revolution. I think it was supposed to only make five million or something in our opening weekend. I think it made seventeen million. Wow. Amen. So, you know, they're showing that there's a space for that, and obviously, with chosen the series mm. blowing up, and then the guy who played Jesus is playing the main character in Jesus Revolution. It's just to me going back to Chelsea's original thought questions. Like, do we see something brewing? You know, bigger. I I think it is, and I and I think it's coming in a in a space that's unlikely with people that have influence that should hopefully trickle down to people like us who are very normal um, and our normal every day. Uh, may we be inspired yeah. by the way that these people of influence are putting it all on the table uh, to be canceled. Uh, to be ridiculed, to be ostracized. Because what's amazing is everyone would love to think that they would do that stuff until it actually happens. Yeah. Just think about just think about how many times you've caught yourself 
in a little argument on social media and you went and deleted all the comments, unfollowed people, <laughs> blocked people, yeah. yes. and, and you look at a celebrity or you look at someone famous, they sh their Christian walk should look like this. Mm. Their faith should look like, bro, you can't even handle a negative comment For on sure. your Instagram yeah, without absolutely. blocking someone. Well, without walking. Jim, Jim, and so, and <laughs> Jim Caviezel, who played Jesus in The Passion of the Christ, and he was young at the time, he knew by, by signing that role that so many doors in the future would be shut for his acting career because he, he'll forever be looked at as Jesus. And so yeah. he, he'll be typecast and he, he, the, the, he's not going to be able to play any other roles. And he took, he sacrificed his career. He put his career on the line yep. in order to play Jesus. Mm -hmm. So there was a sacrifice with that. And know? that's the question I, after seeing the movie and being part of these conversations about revival and all that stuff, and uh, it's quick to want to be a part of that. But as I was praying the other day, I felt like I heard, like, well, are you willing to come with or to be okay with the sacrifice that comes with being part of revival and revolution? Mm -hmm. You want that, but it comes with a ton cost. of sacrifice. Yeah, there's cost to it. So am I willing to literally lay down my life for the sake for the sake of the gospel and let and by lay down my life it's not even remotely how people lay down their literal lives back in back in the bible but it's laying down popularity it's laying down numbers it's laying down um a lot of things that that people want am i willing to do that it's just something i've been wrestling with when you shared your story though about um because you're very much so like that well you're into a space and you're just like it reminds me of a story you told in another podcast where you were at the church and they were hadn't cracked open the bible yeah, and yeah, you yeah, went yeah. in and just laid in on them yeah. it, i was talking to one of our pastors here on campus and he said chelsea um shepherds are supposed to smell like their sheep Mm -hmm. You're supposed to smell like them, not be yeah. like them. But if if you're really shepherding and around people, going back to your weed story, like, yeah, a farmer that doesn't smell like cow poop ain't probably ain't you're a farmer, not a farmer. You know? yeah. And so, am I willing to? And do I have the grace to be yeah. in those spaces where I do smell like a sheep? But I am. I have an understanding that I am a shepherd in this moment. And I, I will say, there's so many things shepherds do behind the scenes. Mm -hmm that people um, don't see that inspire others. So I remember that season of your life. I didn't even really know you, but I went to one of them. Then I got inspired. Man, what am I doing at my house? Mm -hmm. and, I, and I don't know if you remember. I said, hey, I want to start something, but I don't know how to do it. He sent me his whole thing on the Book of Mark. We don't even know each other. Like, <laughs> you, remember, you remember that presentation? Yeah, no, you I do. Yeah, you yeah, sent, yeah, me, yeah, you sent yeah. me this. And I'm like, look how generous pastors are. And I wouldn't have known that if mm -hmm. I if I if I wouldn't have yeah. gone to the house. You see what I'm saying? Right. So it's like yeah. it's not just preaching sermons, but it's actually hey the generosity that's shown behind yeah. the scenes. Mm -hmm. But then with that, as I begin to to know Pastor Adam, I was like, hey man, I think you're the most misunderstood person <laughs> here. Um, but because as you grow in leadership, you got to be okay with being misunderstood. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Drake said this recently. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Pastor Caleb. Who is this guy? He said, "I've given up years ago on unanimous love." Mm -hmm. I thought that was so profound because Jesus said it. He said, <laughs> yeah. "Woe to you! Woe to yeah. you if everyone likes you." Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So, mm -hmm. so, so Drake may be on a on a journey to. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> And preach the gospel, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's what it is. Is um, one thing that had always impressed me about Caleb is that when Caleb would talk to you, you never realized you never asked him anything once about his own life. Um, when Caleb would be done talking to you, 
you'd walk away and you go, oh my gosh, I didn't learn anything about him. Mm. Um, <laughs> Cause he's so invested in talking to you and about you and where you're at. And I, you walk away and you literally go, I didn't even care to ask anything about him. And that always impressed on me to say, when I go in a room, I don't want anyone to know anything about me. Not because I'm a private person, but because I want to be so invested in them that they don't even realize they forgot to ask me anything. Mm -hmm. I want my thoughts and my questions, and I want to be aware of what's going on in their life so much so that when the time is up, they realize, I don't even know if he's married. I don't even know if he has kids. Because a lot of times when we talk, we talk to listen to something for to be heard. So I'm I'm asking Aaron a question, and then mm-hmm. the moment he answers, like, oh yeah, 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 I went to a Laker game once, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the game that I went to, right, and, right. you know, it's like, dude, like, and yeah. the podcast is totally different. We're here to exchange thoughts, and we get excited. But if me and Aaron are just one on one in lunch, like, I have to sit there, and I'm like, I have to let 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 him tell the story, mm-hmm. and then in the story, now I want to hear about your life, and then as I'm in there, now I'm going to start que- start asking authentic questions that go deeper into that about their life, about their convictions. Yeah. And when was the first time you went to church? Why don't you like church? Mm. Uh, well, you know what? I don't go to church because, but well, why? Well, there's so many fake people. Tell me one instance where you've met a fake Christian. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, there was this one, t- bro, that's whack. Yeah. They should have never done that. It, 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 mm. It's like, that's how I start to start, have conversations with people is through finding areas where I can understand where they come from, where I yeah. can understand. And then now just start. To, I mean, that's how Jesus did. He just asked and question after question after question. 100%. Yes. You're, they, yeah. you're leading them somewhere without them knowing it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in there, I'm not, I don't have to talk about myself. Now, if they want to get to know me, I'm an open book. I'll tell people anything that's going on in my life. But in those moments, it's like, I just want to go into a space. And that it, it, to me, it's just, it's radical availability. I remember one time there was a couple of, uh, there were some people in our church. It's happened a couple times, different times, but there was one time they had um, one of their, they were, they were having another religion come door to door and one of their, um, one of their, one of their like uh, teenagers or young adults in their home was becoming empathetic to that religion that went door to door. And so they actually started visiting multiple times a day, dropping off resources and the, and the kid was reading it. So they asked me, would you come to our house? Those people are coming tomorrow at 3 p.m., would you come to our house and would you have the conversation in front of our child hmm. so that they can see what a person in Christian faith sounds like compared to that? Because right now they have nothing to compare mm-hmm. it to. So they're mm-hmm. being very swayed into that mm-hmm. religion. Mm-hmm. But would you be there? And basically, would you go, would you debate? Mm-hmm. And that person doesn't even know. So, so they, I say, yeah, I'll be there. Be there at 3 p.m. So I went there at 3 p.m. And for three hours, me and that other person for that other religion, just went toe to toe. I mean, he was going back and forth. They made a call, called one of their elders to come in <laughs> and the elder comes to the door and they come in the house and literally we're just going toe to toe, toe to toe, toe. That was back then when my Greek was really fresh. So I had a, <laughs> so I had a Greek Bible open because, you know, a lot of stuff they get caught up on semantics of English yeah, translations. Mm-hmm. So when yeah. they recognized I wasn't reading from an English Bible, I was reading from original Greek. There wasn't much, they, they, so they had to call the head dog in. The head dog comes in. He <laughs> don't know Greek help? either, you know? But that to me, that's the thing is like, is like what you said, a shepherd, but all the brother and sister in Christ is, is, is um, I'm ferocious towards those that would seek to devour, you know, mm-hmm. people, whether it be mm-hmm. Satan. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Let, let me, let me yeah. say this, because that was a, 
that was a sacrifice. Like you didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You utilized your gifting, your calling in life, which is <laughs> being a pastor, an evangelist. That's your calling in life. Some people's yep. calling is to be a director of movies, to be yep. uh, uh, some uh, a barber, a hairstylist, a shift leader at a, Amazon, a plumber, a, you know. a shift leader at Amazon. And so there was a sacrifice of your time to go and, and spend all those hours debating somebody when you didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. You weren't yeah. required to do that. And so when we talk about how do we witness that produces sacrifice, um, don't don't it, it doesn't necessarily always have to look like me saying something that's going to get me canceled by my family, by my friends, by my yep. school, by my whatever. Sometime, uh, sometimes it's it's if if you are a plumber, it's helping your 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 uh, uh, an unbeliever yeah. fix their toilet, mm-hmm. um, and and doing it for free, and then. Uh, saying I this is because they're going through a financial I do crisis this in the name of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. You know, and um, you, I, I've experienced this just in my uh, time of just being chronically disabled, uh, bedridden. Um, I mean, you have all of these people from the church that are blessing and ministering to me in a time when I wanted nothing to do with the church, mm-hmm. um, especially after. Um, uh, I was hurt by somebody in the church, and then I I, I got um, dealt with this chronic pain for several years. It's like I want nothing to do with God. I want nothing to do with the church. Um, and all of these people from the church um, were witnesses in the way that they sacrificed their time mm-hmm. to help me um, uh, build up patio set for mm-hmm. for my wife for my kids because yeah. I couldn't I, I couldn't physically do it yeah um, my dad who came over and would do a lot of house projects that I physically could not do mm-hmm. and so my dad is showing me I remember what time I came Christ, in not uh, by preaching to but me but the ring mm-hmm. camera in your uh oh, your front uh, no door. Adam yeah. well Adam yeah. was Adam Adam mm-hmm. Adam Adam installed a sauna in my garage um for the sake of my therapy, yeah. uh, sauna therapy. He's the one that built that in my garage. I Every day I look at that sauna and I think about Adam because he built that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I have to say, that's probably the one thing that has kept me in this church mm-hmm. is, is the Fredericos who mowed my lawn for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, who mows, mows the lawn for the church, does landscaping for the church, who would come to my house and mow my lawn for free. Um, and, and so what you have is you have Christians who are using their gift. Yes. They may not have the gift to speak. Mm-hmm. They may not have the gift to, to evangelize, to preach, but they have the gift to landscape. They have the gift mm-hmm. of a plumber. They have the gift um, to do other things that they specialize in. And I'm telling you, like, that's the reason why I'm here mm. is because of, of, of those practical sacrifices from other believers. Mm. Yeah, it's it, it wasn't necessarily uh, which are good and which are cur- encouraging, but like a text that say seven a.m. with just a nice verse. You that know? was the last thing I wanted. Yeah. That was the last thing I wanted and needed because the Bible to me was so bitter. Reading the mm. Bible was like eating freaking nasty two week old broccoli <laughs> sitting in the sun. Mm. <laughs> because when you're in a state. When you're in that state of despair, mm. when you're in that pit, chronic pain, suicide, you, you, depression, I've been in, I've been yep. in that season when I raised my hand to heaven and said, "I hate you, God." I've mm. been there, I have been there, 
And, and, and yet the, the, the one thing I couldn't shake was the love that Christians kept showing me. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing I couldn't shake. What a lesson. Yeah. I'm over here getting emotional. <laughs> <laughs> and I was trying, to, I was trying wow. to shake it. Like, give me, give me any excuse. I already hate the Bible. I never want to pray again. Yeah. But I still have these Christians wanting to bless me. Mm. End it, God, so that I can finally leave you. Mm. Yeah, because I think sometimes you know? we think that evangelism is, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start uh, changing my post on Instagram. I'm going to mm. start... Uh, putting verses, and I'm going to start uh, putting YouTube clips of preachers and da da, which are all fine stuff. Yeah. Do whatever you're passionate about. Yeah. But but if that's the way that you view that, well, that's what I'm going to do to to win lost souls. Mm-hmm. Now that I realize how good God is, and sometimes I always call it the baby rattlesnake season. Is every new believer always goes through a baby rattlesnake season, which a lot of people don't know. But but if there's ever a rattlesnake you don't want to come in contact with. It's a baby rattlesnake. Adult rattlesnakes, mm. you can come into contact with, be bitten, and still survive if you get to a hospital in time because they have been trained to release the right amount of venom to be able to disable you but mm. not kill you instantaneously because they uh, they don't want to expunge all of their venom in case a new predator comes. Mm-hmm. Well, baby rattlesnakes haven't learned that. So if you ever come in contact with a baby rattlesnake, they release all of their venom deposits Mm. and you are not going to make it Mm. to a hospital Mm -hmm. in time. You're going to die more than likely. Mm -hmm. And a lot of new believer Christians are the baby rattlesnakes. They don't know how to release their venom. They just let it all out. Mm. So all of their posts and all of their, Mm -hmm. everything's so angry and everything's so, it's just like, dude, save some venom for later. That's a great (laughs) analogy. And I was that (laughs) when I first got on fire for God. That's how I was. I think all of us have experienced a big rattlesnake moment where it's just like, you're going to experience Jesus. Well, and I have people will send me clips, read this guy or uh, you're you're an anathema and God, hey, you know, Jermaine, he's not in here, but someone recently sent him a DM and because we have women's that preach in our women that preach in our church you are going to hell i get that because all women pre- the time. you know you're like jeez like you know calm your bite <laughs> yes. down there little buddy you know like <laughs> what, do you, what do you get what do you get a lot because what do you there, there'll curious. be posts that i post about like me, me teaching or whatever the case yeah, may be yeah, yeah. and i get um hey maybe you should consider you know first timothy uh because what you're doing right now is leading you straight oh, to hell women wow. like, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I literally respond un- uh, yeah. that's so unfortunate pray and, for me and you're, a, and you're oh, an wow. unbeliever yeah right you know and it's like and again we don't interpret that first timothy like like uh, another church that may, you know, view it the way that it is, that the way that they read it. But to me, that a lot of it. Now, some stuff you're just going to be mature and you could be a jerk. But most new believers that I face, they always go yeah. through that baby rattlesnake mm-hmm. season. Absolutely. And and yeah. they think you know everything. You know, you know, you know everything, everything. You have it yeah. figured out. You have God figured out. You have the Bible figured out because you're listening to Paul Washer. Yeah. Because you're, you know whoever, whoever it is oh, you're God. finding, right? Okay. It's like I got this thing John, figured John out. John MacArthur. Um, you listen to all of his series on Romans. Yeah, totally. So you yeah. just start sending people stuff, worship clips or whatever. And to me, and that's what they view. I'm going to win my family. I'm going to win my neighbors because of the content that I'm going to start posting mm-hmm. or the stuff. I'm, I get stuff text to me all the time. Pastor Adam, watch this. And sometimes I appreciate it because I'm like, oh, that was interesting. That was cool. Thank you. Other times, if they're doing it in a way that they're trying to sway me in a direction, I'm yep. like, I'm happy for you. Yes. You're excited about something. Yes. But you have to, and if it come to me, I'm mature enough to know, you know, but, but it, and you're not winning me to the Lord. I, I'm saved. But we do that stuff with like people we're trying to, um, 
evangelize to watch this right 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 you know right, how much right. you're is, you know yeah. you, you know yeah. you, you got you got people who are newly saved sending stuff to their friends in the lgbtq just like sermons straight up on homosexuality right right, right like right. i preach sermons on you homosexuality i got a whole yeah. sermon on it and mm, people would be like yeah. i'm gonna send it to my cousin who's in that community i'm like that you should sermon, have a conversation first. yeah that sermon was not yeah. preached to be content to send to your your cousin or yeah. friend that's LGBTQ. That sermon was preached apologetically to you to know the defense, why we as believers yeah. believe in traditional marriage, why we believe. Now from there, you have to be salt and light. The sermon's yeah. not meant to be salt and light. Back in the day, you couldn't mm -hmm. hold a recorder to Paul's lips and be like, yeah, I'm going to share this content with my neighbor. Mm -hmm. It's like, right. it was your job, like your right. job to be salt and light. So right. to me, there's this idea that we, Going to what you're saying, Caleb, there's this falsehood to say, I'm evangelizing and I'm on fire for Christ because of what can be seen from me, what or I'm posting, said. what I'm sharing and what I'm saying, yeah. doing, rather than who are you living? Who mm -hmm. are you living around? Mm -hmm. Who are you caring for? Who, like you right. just said, like, who, who are you, who are you building something for? Who are you helping someone with? Mm -hmm. Who are you, you know, we was recently at the beach and an old lady, I, I don't think you were there. I think you were, cause we're on, me and Aaron were on vacation, but you might've went over to where our chairs were, but there was this old lady trying to walk in the beach and she ate it and her whole family just was in the water watching her. Wow. And I literally ran, oh, wow. I mm -hmm. ran up to her and I helped her up. Mm. And uh, and she literally looked at me and she's like, God bless you, thank you so much. I said, God bless you. And she was like, you like, like almost mm -hmm. looked at me when I said, God bless you back. Like, I, I know because of what you did, like I, I know who you're with. You know, yeah. it's like, and that looks, to me, that, that looks that like is, Jesus. You know, like, yeah, more that's than, it, right? More that's than, than the beach with yeah. your Bible, like this. Or heading out tracks, dude. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, I, but I think what Adam, he, what you, the word you kept using was win, win, win yeah. others, win others. So I think every day a Christian should renew their mind in the morning on what a win is for the day, according to God. Mm -hmm. Versus, yeah. and that's the, the the comment you had about uh, about your generation to where it's like, I want to win, I want to win, and winning equals this. What if that's not in alignment with God? Then you're gonna miss the opportunity when a woman falls. No, I have to, to pick be the in my woman up I have to, to mow the lawn. Yeah. Yes. Yes. absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Let me finish reading this Bible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm missing up. everything. Yeah, yeah. Right. What? Or you? Or yeah, you got you. You have a friend who's in dire need, and you're like, oh, I got church on Sunday. I can't. You know, can you no, take no. me to the hospital for my chemo? No, no. Oh, my well, my kid has time. my kid has a game, or my right, you know, it's right, like, right, right. and you have to use wisdom. Where, but but it, it's to me, you, you got to be radically available, radically inconvenienced, radically, you know, mm. if, if you work at a place and you're trying to share the gospel, like you had, a, you can invite your coworker to your house and let them see the gospel through yeah. exhibit through your life and your love yeah. for your spouse or love for God in other ways. Like, yeah, you may not be able to uh, share the gospel at Amazon or share the gospel at UPS or wherever else. But you can invite people to your home. Mm -hmm. uh, you can be there for them in a time of need. Have Have you ever thought of how many times do coworkers experience people in the hospital or not? If you've ever said, because you don't need right. to be a pastor, you don't right. need to be one of us for sure. Exactly. You're like, hey, right. Right. Your grandma, your mother's yeah. in the hospital. Would you mind if I ever came by and prayed for you guys? That's what's Sent amazing flowers, is that's something that that's something that people you, yeah. are always open to, and yeah. I and I love this quote, and then we'll close because uh, I don't want to go too long. But uh, Ronald Reagan was asked a question in the late '80s, early '90s. They they said, "Why why do you want to bring prayer back in schools?" And basically, what he said was, "He goes, what I'm not. He goes, I'm not saying I necessarily just want prayer in schools. I want to 
time of silence mm -hmm. so that if there's someone that has any religion can spend that time praying. And then he uses the logic and he says, and I guess at that time when he's, when he's asked that question by that reporter, I guess the week before there was a huge national crisis. Um, it was either a, a, a natural crisis. It was something. And he said, did you notice that every news anchor, every person, when we went through this crisis last week, every one of us stopped and prayed. We all said, let's pray. And we all prayed. And he goes, when we all go through things, what's the first thing we want to do, whether you believe in God or not, is you want to pray. Mm -hmm. And he goes, but for some reason, like our kids can't do that in school. Uh, mm -hmm. A kid could never pray. Mm -hmm. He goes, but yet, mm -hmm. yet on all of TV, on all of media, and he goes, even in the Congress, we stopped first and had a moment of prayer mm -hmm. for that crisis. Mm -hmm. And he goes, but yet our school, and to me, um, to me, sometimes the, one of the greatest forms of entering into a place of evangelism, right? Because a lot of people say, well, you still got to share the gospel. Mm -hmm. It doesn't all have to be right there in that two minutes, not like the way of the master sure. thing. If I'm doing life with someone, I, I don't necessarily... Now, they know the God, they know what I stand for. Mm -hmm. um, but in the regards of me just... Hey, hey, can I pray for you? Now, can I tell you you're a sinner in the hands of an angry God? And you, need to, you know, to me, right. you you could start by just saying someone goes through something. You say, hey, "Do you mind me praying for you?" Yeah, because everybody people can do are, that. You, you don't need a yeah. seminary education to yeah. do that. Can yeah. I pray for you? Can yeah. I pray for that? Can we holding man? I'm go yeah. Can I pray for you? People be like, yeah. Even for me, when I don't know what to say, mm -hmm. there are people who will come and lay bombs on me. Yeah, and in my head, I'm like. I don't think I'm even supposed to say something. I know they want an answer for me. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I'll be like, Pastor Adam, what do I do? My husband, blah, 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 blah. And I'm looking at them going, man, I don't, mm -hmm. my flesh wants to tell you to leave them. But mm -hmm. by, but I, I don't think that that's going to be beneficial for you. So instead I say, can I pray for you? And it's not a cop out. It's a relinquishing your own ability to try to wrap your head around this, to yeah. say, God, I ask you to intervene. God, I ask you to step in. I, it's, it's an intercessory prayer that says, God, yeah. may our hands be off the steering wheel. It's not a cop-out. A lot mm -hmm. of people will say that. Um, you know, How come when something goes bad, everyone says prayer and condolences? Why don't you do something? I am doing something because I believe prayer works. Right, right, right. I am yeah. doing... Yeah. Now, you don't think prayer works, so you think it's a cop-out right. for mm -hmm. me to say, let's pray about that for me. But I mm -hmm. genuinely believe that my God intervenes. I genuinely believe that Jesus sits on the right hand of God. So therefore, yeah. I'm going to pray. I'm going to intercede. Me, many times, that is a better response than even the answer that I could give is in prayer, mm -hmm. is in God interjecting in yeah. the circumstance. So I just think you have to be winsome on how you begin to take steps towards certain people that you may interact to share your faith, to evangelize them. Because like Caleb said, going all the way back to the beginning, it isn't a cookie-cutter approach. Now, we know the way to salvation is a cookie-cutter approach. Mm -hmm. we, know, we know the steps towards salvation is in Christ alone, through faith alone. Mm -hmm. Like, we know that, but as you begin to engage people who have a lot of pains, potential pains and hurts, like Aaron said, a background and mm -hmm. how they view God and who they view Jesus is, um, um, going straight for the way a match, master approach is not necessarily always going to be the the win, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's going to take sometimes uh, a longer, detailed approach that could mm -hmm. take you years, and God is still in control of that whole journey. You know, yeah. it's not my place to put the answers. I'll say on this: I'll at. spend the first five years of your of your of being a new believer, being a Christian, working on preaching with your actions, mm -hmm. and get mm -hmm. that down pat. Mm -hmm. 
and don't even use your words. Mm-hmm. Just always think to yourself, how can I preach yeah. with my feet, my actions? What great revivalist said that? And then after five that? years, read some Ray Comfort. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Read some, read some Way of the Master. He's the author great. of Way of the Master. Look, look, look it up, Jeremiah. What great preacher said this? Then we'll close. He, he said... Um, always be preaching... But like, yeah, use, that was a famous and, and only use words when necessary. Yeah, when necessary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, that's what it is. It's like preactly. preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words. That's it. You know, yeah, yeah. To me, that bottles that up, right? Your first five to ten years of your Christian walk, preach the gospel at all times, and use words if necessary. That's what it should be boiled up into. Right. You know, Saint who said it? Francis of Assisi. Oh, oh, geez. Well, that's Saint Francis of Assisi. Going back over a thousand years for sure. All right, everybody. Great conversation. Awesome. Had a blast on this one. Thank you, Pastor yes. Aaron, for joining us. Thank Chelsea for joining us. Obviously, you got me and Caleb, People's Padres. Absolutely, I'll give it back <laughs> to you. Just doing the closer. You got me and Caleb, People's Padres today. Uh, Jeremiah joining us today. Gabe over there and Nancy uh, <laughs> <Why is this laughs> super so cut into Jeremiah. Why is it so and then we got uh, Nancy in the house as well. Aaron, take it away. Yes. So you honored Caleb earlier by saying you could have an entire conversation without knowing nothing about him. Yes. I want to honor him at the end by saying today is his birthday. We love you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. 35. 35. 35. That's a nice clean number. Wow. A good, that's 35. a great number. Yeah, yeah you're halfway very, to forty. Very, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're halfway to Aaron's age. <laughs> <laughs> how, how old are you? Forty-three. Okay, no. right on, right yeah. on. Okay. looking like he's twenty-nine. Yeah. 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 Hello. Hello. That is awesome. <laughs> All right, thanks. Guys. All right, everybody. All right, peace.